the Blue Gold Report. Irish reporters Todd Burlidge and Mason Plummer get ready for Notre Dame football game day Saturdays only on 1380 The Fan. Welcome to another edition of the Blue Gold Report, Thanksgiving edition. Notre Dame will play a rare Friday game against North Carolina. It's toughest true road game this season. I'm Todd Burlidge. I'll be guiding you through here along with my co-host Mason Plummer. I'll introduce him in a second. I'm a contributing writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated. I do some other freelance work. A lot to get to on this show. We appreciate everybody joining us on Fox Sports Radio 1380 The Fan. 100.9 FM in Fort Wayne. And then you can find us, Blue Gold Report. Search wherever you find your podcast. Share us all that good stuff. We're going to hit on briefly a game that seems like forever ago, the 45-31 win over Boston College to keep Notre Dame undefeated and also catapult it to number two in the country in the first college football playoff poll that was released this week. This is going to be a recruiting-heavy show. Five new commits since last we talked. A lot of flips on there. Mason will take care of that. I keep talking about him. Mason Plummer, introduce yourself, my friend. Everybody, my name is Mason Plummer. I'm a staff writer, recruiting analyst over at blueandgold.com, Blue and Gold Illustrated on the Rivals Network. Uh, Todd, yeah, I, I really had that second title work in this past week, a recruiting <laughs> analyst, man. Uh, well, you warned us last show that after the Clemson win, you thought some dominoes were going to fall, and they certainly did. We'll talk about all that, break that down a little bit. And we also, the, the men's and women's hoops get gone this weekend. Hopefully they can keep their seasons together. We'll talk about much, much more. Mason actually has an excellent interview with ACC Network's ESPN's Daylon Cuff. He's a hoops analyst and an in-studio analyst for Nothing But Net, the program's flagship show when it comes to ACC basketball. We'll get to all that and much, much more, but as we start every show... Gold Rush. Injuries were certainly a big part of the storyline this week as starting center Jarrett Patterson went down. He'll be lost for the season. He'll be replaced by sophomore Zeke Correll who played four games last season, so he's not entirely new to the position. The other one, Tommy Kramer, starting right guard. He will be replaced by Josh Love, the Swiss Army knife of this Notre Dame offensive line. Earlier this week, Notre Dame men's basketball announced their captains for the 2020 and 2021 season. Guard Prentice Hub, guard Nick Jogo, point guard Cormac Ryan, and then the center, Juwan Durham, the four captains for Notre Dame men's basketball. I mentioned the college football poll. The first one came out this week, and Notre Dame, kind of as expected, checked in at number two. It's the highest Notre Dame has ever been rated in this particular poll. Alabama, number one, right behind Notre Dame. Clemson, number three. Ohio State, number four. No huge surprises there. Interesting little note here that I found doing some research. Each of the last four national champions was ranked number two in the initial college football playoff ranking. So uh, interesting little tidbit there for Notre Dame being ranked number two. Notre Dame's offensive line made the midseason honor roll for the Joe Moore Award, which is given to the best offensive line in the country. Notre Dame actually won that. It's a massive trophy. It sat in the goog there. Uh, They won it in 2017. Certainly it looks like they're going to have every chance of reclaiming that award. They rank in the ACC with fewest sacks, and they're second in rushing yardage. Former Notre Dame wide receiver and current Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool was the very first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era in the fourth in league history with at least 10 touchdowns in his first 10 career games. Got to be a favorite for Rookie of the Year. Gold Rush. All right, let's just bump by this BC game again, a 45-31 win, which had been about two weeks ago now with Notre Dame coming off a bye week. I think what struck me was the balance that Notre Dame put together. 
I guess what was interesting, you put up that kind of, you pile up those kind of numbers yardage-wise, not a single running back or wide receiver caught for 100 yards, yet four rushers had 30-plus, and six receivers had 25-plus yards. Mason, if this team can continue to show this kind of balance, man, this is a dangerous team offensively looking. Spreading the wealth is, ne- is never necessarily a bad thing because you're always you know, just one injury away from, to a star player from potentially being in a lot of trouble if you're relying on him heavily. Ian Book, 20 of 27 passing, 283 yards, three touchdowns, all of those to Homestead graduate Ben Skoranek. Book threw no interceptions, and he added to that 10 rushes for 85 yards, which led the team, and another TD. By the numbers. Three. Speaking of Ian Book. The BC game made him a third-time career winner of the Manning Star Quarterback of the Week Award. Five also mentioned Ben Skoranek. On only 14 catches this season, Skoranek already has five TDs. That is one touchdown catch in fewer than three receptions. Okay, Mason, it's your time to shine, bro. (laughs) You you love your recruiting. You're on top of your recruiting, so I'm going to just kind of pass this off to you. I'm just going to kind of go down. I mentioned earlier in the show, five new commits, all 2021 folks. Okay, let's start with Philip Riley, 2021 Florida cornerback. He was here, and then he was gone, and then he's back. So kind of walk us through his story. Yeah, so uh, earlier on in the year, looked like he was going to go to Virginia Tech, and kind of a surprise announcement. Um, he announced that he was committing to Notre Dame. He was solid with that for a while. It's just such a weird year. It's hard to hold these guys accountable sure, for that. Um, sure. He's back at Notre Dame, where I think is the better place for him. Um, he flipped back from USC, and it looks like his recruitment's going to stay still. At least I hope so. Moving along to another Florida recruit, offensive lineman Caleb Johnson, and another flip. Tell us more, Mason. Yeah, that's right. Johnson's initially an Indiana kid, moved down to Florida to play his high school ball, or initially committed to Auburn. Notre Dame was never going to give up on this guy. They actually said that and made it very known. He's the fifth offensive lineman in the class now, and just a cherry on top of an already great offensive line class. Got a kicker. A California kicker. So far, we're sticking with the Sunshine States here. California kicker Joshua Bryan, another flip. Third of the week, uh, originally committed to Colorado. This was another guy that uh, special teams coordinator Brian Poling was in on for a long time. He wasn't sure about the numbers and what exactly was going to happen with Jonathan Doerr, but I think it ended up being that Joshua Bryan is too good of a kicker. Uh, There were some kicking analysts. Uh, You know, kickers are hard to rank and uh, really analyze, but he rated him as a six-star, Todd. Normally the (laughs) rankings only go to a five-star, but they said this kid's a six-star, so I'd love to see it. Yeah, and Notre Dame's never had any problem bringing in freshman kickers and just having them start their entire career, so I can certainly see that scenario that you just laid out happening for sure. Brian Polian, the recruiting coordinator for Notre Dame, he's done such a great job. A lot of long flights, a lot of frequent flyer miles. As he goes back and forth to to Hawaii, he landed another kid, a Hawaii linebacker, Kahuna Kia. A lot of great defensive players have come from the Hawaiian Islands for Notre Dame, and this guy looks like the next one in line. Tell me more. Yeah, just continuing that Hawaiian pipeline. And Notre Dame's hit rate, if you will, from Hawaii is just unreal. So like you mentioned, Manti Teo, Robbie Toma, Maris Leofau, Myron Tagovailoa Mosa, Alohi Gilman. Kahani Key is a 2021 linebacker. It attends the same high school that Manti Teo and Robbie Toma attended, Panayo High School. Um, he's, a, he's a really good player, and um, I think it just tops off an Notre Dame defensive class. It, this is going to be one that's interesting to watch, though, because he potentially might have to take a mission trip, um, so he might actually not end up at Notre Dame until late in the 2022 year. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. I'll keep everybody updated. And one more, one more commit from this week, local kid, Indiana cornerback Jojo Johnson. Tell me more. This one happened very quickly. Notre Dame offered him on this past 
Thursday, and then he committed almost instantly to the staff, and it was announced just two days later. He's a Maryville kid, uh, really impressive speed. He plays wide receiver and cornerback for Maryville. Uh, Notre Dame is recruiting him as a cornerback, but I see this very similar to the Cam Hart situation where Notre Dame can use him where they see fit at wide receiver or corner. To me, you just can't turn down this guy's kind of speed, especially at the end of a class like this. I think that was the idea here. He just attracts star speed. Okay, Mason, I know 2021's kind of wrapping up a little bit, but you sent me a list of names of guys that perhaps are still on Notre Dame's target list. Yep, 2021 Virginia defensive tackle Kelvin Gilliam currently committed to Oklahoma. Notre Dame and Brian Kelly have been on Zoom calls with him all over the past week. They offered him a couple weeks ago. It's looking at like about 50-50 at this time. Might be flipping him from Oklahoma. Rivals 100 player, uh, four-star, one of the better players in the nation. Next is the uh, the, the running back situation is one that's really going to be fun for fans to watch. Notre Dame already has three-star running back Logan Diggs committed, but is actively searching for a second back. Michigan running back Donovan Edwards, California running back Byron Cardwell, and then a Michigan State commit, he's from the state of Michigan, Audric Estime are the names to know there. And then lastly, 2021 cornerback Sayer Wright, potentially the biggest name left on the board, a Rivals 100 player, still an option for Notre Dame. He's another California kid. A USC lean, uh, Michigan and Notre Dame, very involved still. All right, good stuff, Mason. Really appreciate that. A lot going on, as always. Let's move on to North Carolina. This is arguably, well, it's not even arguably, this will be Notre Dame's toughest true road opponent this season. All right, here's your basics. Number two, Notre Dame, 8-0, 7-0 ACC versus number 25, North Carolina, 6-2, all 6-2 ACC. 3.30 start, ABC, Rare Friday game at Chapel Hill. Looks like nice weather. 62, clearing as the day goes. Notre Dame only a five-point favorite in this one with a 68 total on that. This, again, the best offensive team. And I I might even lump Clemson into this conversation. North Carolina might even be better than Clemson when it comes to that side of the football Check these numbers out. North Carolina, number four in the country in total offense, 563 yards a game. Number 14 in rush offense, 233 yards a game. And number 11 in pass offense, 329 yards a game. That's behind Sam Howell. So you talk about a balanced attack. This is like any other offense. It's rhythm, right? And the rhythm comes from balance. If, if you have balance within your offense, you have rhythm. If you don't have balance then you lack the rhythm necessary. So it's our job to get them and get Sam off rhythm. And you do that by uh, keeping, keeping the down and distance in your favor. Um, so it's very, very important for us to, to do that at the line of scrimmage and then eliminate the big plays. So if I was to center around two things without giving away too much of a game plan, it's, it's you've got to be really good uh, at the line of scrimmage and, and being effective at stopping base run plays. And then you can't give up big chunk plays. Now they're going to get some, but you can't have them throwing the ball over your head left and right. The two losses for North Carolina came to Florida State early in the season, which is really bizarre because Florida State's really bad, and then Virginia. But then the Tar Heels got it rolling a little bit. Five of the last six games, they've scored at least 44 points. Three times they've hit the 50 mark. There's some names to mention here. Mac Brown is the coach. He actually coached at North Carolina 22 years ago before he left and did that Texas stint where he won a national championship in 2005 and then also had his television gig with ESPN there. Had a nice turnaround last year in his first year. Took him to a bowl game for the first time in three seasons. 
Junior running back Javante Williams leads the ACC in rushing with 108 yards per game. He also has 15 TDs already. And if that's not enough, senior running back Michael Carter compliments him very well with 100.9 rushing yards per game, which is fifth in the ACC. He has four TDs. Williams and Carter are two of only five running backs in the conference that average 100-plus yards per game. Man, that is a dynamic one-two duo there. And then we mentioned Sam Howell a little bit, quarterback. Check this out. 68% completion, number one in the ACC. 328.9 passing yards per game, number one in the ACC. And a 182.6 pass efficiency rating, also number one in the ACC. Oh, if that's not enough, his 23 TDs also lead the conference. Mason again, man, so much firepower here. A lot of playmakers, a lot of different guys they can get the ball to. It's not um, it's not like they get Notre Dame can just focus on one guy, right. kind of take him away and see what the other ones can do. Uh, it's going to have to be a widespread attack from North Carolina. Notre Dame's going to defend, and uh, it's going to have to defend if it wants to get out of here with a win. This is definitely the toughest matchup left for Notre Dame. Syracuse is really bad, and yeah. uh, Wake Forest is its always solid, but they're not North Carolina, that's for sure. So this is truly strength versus strength. We're talking about the prowess that North Carolina has in the run game. Meanwhile, number, Notre Dame is number four in the country in rush defense, allowing only 85.1 yards per game. They are number nine in total defense, only 304 yards per game, and number 11 in the country in scoring defense, 16.6 points a game. They've actually held five opponents to 14 points or fewer. Mason, when I look at this game, it, it strikes me as... Very much, you know, perhaps Notre Dame might get a mulligan with an ACC championship rematch with Clemson. But, man, I feel like Notre Dame, this might be a must win. Am I going too far? No, you're absolutely right. It is a must win. Uh, If Notre Dame wants to make the playoff, the only potential loss you can have is Clemson in that ACC championship. But even that is not ideal. Uh, If you're trying to give yourself the best possible chance to win the national title, really, that's the ultimate goal for a team like Notre Dame. There's a lot a lot to watch. It's been really entertaining. Just a weird year overall. It's going to be hard for that committee to kind of sort through teams that only play six or seven games. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is on pace to play all 12 games, a full schedule. I would think that an 11-1 Notre Dame team would be a heck of a lot more attractive than perhaps a 7-0 and from another conference. That will be another debate for another day. Hopefully Notre Dame can just win out. It controls its own destiny and get to the playoffs. Certainly when you talk to Brian Kelly this week, his guys are all in. As a matter of fact, they didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. And they had no positive COVID test this week, which is great. So Notre Dame seems to have things very much under control. And now with all the students off campus, it seems like a very safe environment. Here's Brian Kelly actually talking a little bit about the lay of the land. No, nobody traveled. Um, nobody was um, uh, in a position to do so either um, because we wanted to maintain our, our bubble. Uh, so guys were, were, were here. Uh, we stayed in our... Um, I guess our modified quarantine, if you will, our guys tested uh, on Saturday. Uh, all their tests came back negative. Uh, so we wanted to maintain that 
And um, again, I think, you know, once you step outside this environment that we've created, you know, you, you, you open yourself up to the uncertainty. And uh, our guys understand that. Um, they know that this is, um, uh, this is what they signed up for. It's not easy. Um, but uh, they're committed to it. They've gone this far. Um, there's no turning back right now. So uh, they know the next few weeks are, are, are certainly going to be similar. And, um, again, you know, that's why, you know, Thanksgiving looks a lot different. Uh, but they're they're prepared for that. Boy, when you look at the dynamics surrounding this Notre Dame team, they seem to have handled everything well. There were a couple hiccups along the way, but boy, Mason, this team looks like it is posturing itself very well to get to the playoffs and perhaps do something more than that. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was uh, actually discussing with a couple friends last night. Is this the best Notre Dame team of my lifetime? I'm only 20. I was born in, in 2000. So uh, I think this potentially is the best uh, Notre Dame team that – that I've seen personally, and uh, it's super exciting to watch. It's super fun for guys that get to cover the team like you and I. It's always more fun when the team's good, right? All right, Mason, we're going to move on to some hoops here real quick. As an uncertain regular season kicks off here for both the Notre Dame men's and women, let me just give a quick fly by the women here. They will open play today, Friday noon, at Ohio University, and then play again Sunday home against Miami, Ohio. The Irish women really tried to keep their non-conference schedule regional so they could drive, kind of protect themselves from any COVID potential problems there. The other two non-conference games are Michigan and IUPUI. The men, a little bit of a different story here. They open play at number 13, Michigan State. That will be Saturday, 8 p.m. It'll be on the Big Ten Network. And then check this out, all in a row. Number 23, Ohio State. Number 10, Kentucky. Number 9, Duke. Purdue at Syracuse, and number four, Virginia. So seven of those eight games, those eight upcoming games, and basically that's because Tennessee, which was number 13, fell off the schedule because of COVID. Man, Mike Bray loaded up his team here. He thinks he has it in him to take that on. I'm going to run it through. I'm going to run down it again. Number 23, Ohio State. Number 10, Kentucky at Kentucky. Number nine, Duke. Purdue at Syracuse. And number four, Virginia. Bray thinks he has something here that can hang with that schedule, Mason. I'm still a little skeptical. Yeah, it's definitely a murderer's row of, uh, of games. Some of the best teams in the country. Uh, their name's going to need to grow up quickly. That It's still a relatively young team. They're going to have to show their experience here. Um, so uh, guys like Cormac Ryan, we mentioned earlier, haven't even played a game, but we're expecting big things from him. Uh, the team's going to be super fun to watch, I think. A lot of big games, so... Um, It'll be entertaining. Hopefully, Notre Dame can come out on the right side of a handful of them. Yeah, and hopefully they can keep the schedule rolling. I think the basketball COVID impact is going to be trickier than what the football was. I hope I'm wrong. It is indeed the third toughest non-conference schedule in the nation. There will be limited seating at the arena as expected. All right, here's Mason. He's going to be talking to Dalen Cuff. It's an interview he did. It's an excellent interview. Dalen is the basketball analyst for ESPN. He's a play-by-play for ESPN's ACC Network. And he's an in-studio anchor of ACC's Nothing But Net. So it's a great land for Mason. It's a great interview. Let's pop that in. Your thoughts on the Notre Dame men's basketball team? They, you know, they're losing John Mooney. They're losing C.J. Gibbs. They're losing Rex Fluger. What are your thoughts on, on this Notre Dame team in 2020? They've got some more growing to do. I mean, obviously, you lose a guy, lose a guy like Mooney, double-double machine. You're not just going to replace him. Now, we say that, but Notre Dame has historically somehow done that. You can run through from Herringo to DeCooley to 
I mean, you could get Fonzie. You can, you can throw out all these names, and it seems like those guys have their first year or two very quiet, and they have massive junior and senior campaigns. Will Nate Leshevsky be that guy? And not in the same mold as Mooney, but can he step up and be a guy that's you know, 6'10", stretch the floor, knock down threes? The guy that they, they were hoping to see earlier in his career is taking some time. He made some big plays last year, but can he step into that limelight and particularly get to fill the rebounding void as well? Um, it's going to be him, you know, Juwan Durham. It's, it's a collective effort to replace Mooney, to say the least. Luger's leadership will be lost, without a doubt. T.J. Gibbs' ability to make a plays will be, will, be, will be lost. But they do have good guards. I mean, Prentice Hub has to be – he has to play at a consistent level, a consistent elite level for, for Notre Dame to be good. And Cormac Ryan, I had a chance to watch it a couple of their games last year, and I watched him in practice. I think it was before the B.C. game in, in December, uh, the Stanford transfer. Really impressed with his game. Good pace, uh, good, good balance to his game, can knock down threes, really smart player, got a good first step. I'm excited to see him play in the ACC, but him and Prentice could be really two really good guards in the league, but they have to be outstanding for this team to, to really be a team that could return to the NCAA tournament. That's, that's their goal. Can they get a ticket to the tournament? That's going to be a hard uphill climb. I'm just going to keep it straight with you here. Is this, is this the end of the Bray tenure if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament here? I think that's a huge mistake if that would be the case. Coach Bray is one of the best offensive coaches in, in the country. He's an outstanding recruiter. has a hard job in that conference to recruit to that school. is not easy to do. And to have the athletes and the academic uh, stature to get through there and excel there, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but he knows that, and he's done well. And they've gotten old and they've stayed old in recent years, in, in, in history of his program. The last couple of years, they've not been that with such success. And I think we'll, we will see – some bumps in the road here this year, but it is still a young team in terms of they have everybody coming back the next year. So I think it really is a two-year program with this group. Um, and, and anybody that would, would be wanting to get rid of Coach Bray, is, I laugh because it's, I know it's part of this the, the, the instant gratification society we live in, especially in sports. But that dude's one of the best in the business. And, and anybody that wants to get rid of him, you are, you are making a mistake yourself, and you're helping out somebody else because he would be snatched up immediately if you wanted to stand coaching. All right, great work, Mason. Really enjoyed that interview. Seems like a super cool guy. We better get to predicts here because we're already over. So uh, let's go for it. Start us up. Yeah, I've been going back and forth. I've got Notre Dame 42, North Carolina 27. I thought about going back on it just now, but 42-27 is what I'm sticking with. Notre Dame's going to be able to put up points. Uh, North Carolina offense is great. Notre Dame defense is better. Yeah, classic strength versus strength here. And I think Notre Dame will get enough stops along the course of the game, maybe a turnover here and there to get it done as well. I don't think North Carolina will be able to stop Notre Dame's offense. I have Notre Dame 40, North Carolina 30. You can find Mason Plummer at Mason Plummer underscore on Twitter. You can find me at Todd Burledge. You can also find us on blueandgold.com, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Folks, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan, the Blue Gold Report. And be sure to download the latest edition of the show wherever you download podcasts or go to 1380thefan.com. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.